Welcome to Backstage with Becca B with special guest Damon Gillespie. Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of Backstage with Becca B. On this episode, he made his Broadway debut in 2014 at age 20 in Newsies and has also been in shows like Aladdin, West Side Story, and more. You also might have seen him as Robbie Thorne in NBC's Rise, plus look out for him in the upcoming Netflix show, Tiny Pretty Things. Please welcome Damon Gillespie. How have you been? I've been good. Um, yeah, things have been, yeah, I mean, as good as everything can be. I mean, okay. I'm, it's just me chilling with my dog and um i'm doing this um uh, i've got a couple projects coming out uh soon which is really exciting can you i mean yeah i was gonna save that till the end but what can you talk about regarding projects coming out so there is i have a new tv show coming out about all about ballet oh um, it's called uh it's called tiny pretty things so that's something fun and i'm also doing this project called bringing you broadway uh, a few performer friends of mine and uh these two incredible women put together this group and we're like okay let's uh so it's like we it's it started as a company just trying to you know find some place to perform and it's starting to grow a lot lately and now we're seeing what happens we have our first performance friday for um uh, it's for this, um, I'm actually not sure. I have to look at the information because I'm not exactly sure who we're performing for. You should <laughs> probably know that. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a, um, I think we're performing for a couple of schools. Ooh. So yeah, it'll be, a real, it'll be a lot of fun and hopefully we'll get to broadcast that to, you know, whoever wants to see it soon. That's so neat because I mean, I think, Speaking of bringing people Broadway, like that's what we need right now in this time, really, is performances. Exactly. So have you always known that you wanted to be a performer and be an actor? I think I always knew, but I like didn't really want to. Um, when I was a kid, I was heavily involved in sports, and uh, but I also danced a lot. And then like my mom and I would listen to like, Frankie Lyman and the Teenagers, who like this really old, like the birth of rock and roll group in the 50s. Um, and we would sing in the car all the time. And my around middle school, my mom told me, she was like, we're going to take you and put you in a performing arts school. And I was like, please don't. <laughs> and and then I did. And I ended up falling in love with the arts. And I was like, I have to make this a career. So I've always done this, but I've never... I never wanted to do it as a, as a career until like freshman year of high school. And then I was like, yeah, I, I really want to do this. Yeah. So it was basically your mom who probably heard overheard you singing and was like, yeah. And she knew because I, you know, there's a certain point where you're like, all right, you're probably not going to be tall enough for sports, for professional <laughs> sports. So but she did know that I really loved to dance and I loved to perform. I loved to be on stage and, you know, kind of be the center of attention sometimes. So she was like, let's, let's really go for it. And so she put me into a performing arts school and it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, it. that's how it went. 
Do you remember the first theater show you were ever in? Yes, the first. I, it was a play. Um, it was like a play with music before those were popular. Um, it was a contemporary hip hop version of Romeo and Juliet. It was sixth grade. It was the first play I ever did. Um, I had never even read Shakespeare. I didn't know what it was. I didn't understand what I was saying, but I loved it. And that's when I caught the bug. You know, when you're a kid, you know, you do those school performances where someone's a ladybug, someone's a pumpkin or everyone does those like elementary school shows. I did them as well. I don't even really remember what all of them were. But I, once I got into middle school, that was my, my sixth grade year. I was a ballet major first and hated it. But I did do a play at my local theater center and it was Romeo and Juliet. And I loved it. I loved yeah. it. No, but you're right. Like everyone is in one of those school productions. That's like, it kind of helps you get like fall in love with something performing arts related. Right. Just a little bit. Even if you're terrified, you're like something cool happened on that stage. I think my my private school had us dress up for like Thanksgiving and for Christmas pageants. Yes, <laughs> of course. Hilarious. All the little kids probably looked so great <laughs> on <laughs> stage. <laughs> we love to see it. How did you work on becoming a well-rounded theater performer? Because you mentioned you have dance experience. And a lot of shows you've done have involved dance, so. Right, that's that's very true. Um, I think, I mean, I'm always trying to get better. Uh, I've, I grew up like never, my mom always said never settle. And that kind of stuck with me. And there's always that dancer mentality too of like, you've always got to be better. Like there's always someone that can be better and will be better, so you need to be better. Um, so when I started doing musical theater and I got into like later on in high school, I realized that I didn't really understand what it meant to be an actor and how to like build a, to create a character and like analyze a script. So once I got into college, I really wanted to like break, to really focus on the acting portion of it and really just let some of the things that I, as a dancer, I couldn't let go of, but now I really am, I, I had finally learned how to do that. And as over the years I've, you know, done coachings and classes or at least tried to, and just tried to really work on, cause that was the last thing I learned how to do was to act. So I really wanted to, yeah, yeah that was like the last thing that I um, really started taking seriously and classes in. Cause I'd always loved to sing and I'd love to dance, but I didn't really know how to act. I was just like, Oh, I can mimic this person. And that was fine. But like to be my own actor, what did that mean? So that's what I, that's kind of how I started to, I guess, become a, you know, as you said, well-rounded performer. I just, I honestly, I don't even think of it that way. I just try to think of like, what can I be better in and how do I get better? Yeah, and I mean, it's obviously helped you because, I mean, you made your Broadway debut in such a dance-heavy show. Whew, yeah, that was, a, that was a long road. I mean, I can imagine I get tired watching the dance numbers from that show. But oh, yeah. before I talk about that, what was your college experience like and what made you decide to go to the school you went to? So my college experience was 
I don't know. It, I in the time it was a lot of ups and downs, and what I mean by that is. When I was in high school, I was already in a performing arts school. I already had my like group of friends. And then when you go to college, you literally have to start your life over because everyone's from all around the country. So you're finding out these different people from different areas and, you know, different ways of growing up. Not, not everyone's from the South and not everyone is from the West Coast or the East Coast. So I, I had a lot of trouble trying to figure out who I was. And I, even to this day, I still find myself somewhat making discoveries of who I really am and who I want to be. Um, but the reason I chose uh, Roosevelt, which is where I went for a couple of years, um, they were one of the only schools that really took the time to make sure I was welcome, even just auditioning. Um, I, I like applied to a bunch of schools and I wasn't really getting a lot of um, a lot of help because I had never applied for college and my mom had never applied for college before. So this was like my first time. And Roosevelt was like there for me every step of the way. I had a friend that went there from high school a couple of years before that. And then by the time I got there, they took me around everywhere. I got to see a show there and I really saw the climb from one, like my friend where he started in high school and where he was in college and how much he had gotten better. I was like, this is where I want to be. It, and it wasn't even like a main stage show. It was a black box show, but it was amazing. And I was so blown away by the talent level. Yeah. And it's important. I feel like in a highly competitive environment, which a lot of colleges with theater are to feel well. Correct. To yeah. Then. So you know, there's there's pros and cons to going to school for musical theater all the time. And there's, you know, there's different rules and different ways of teaching somebody and different forms of acting and singing. And, you know, everybody kind of has, every program has their own thing. Um, but that being said, it was, it was exactly what I needed to really start going down a, gr a good path in my career was to go to college for at least two years. Yeah, when did you get Newsies in your timeline? So I auditioned for Newsies my senior year of high school. Okay, so, um, wow. Right before they went to Broadway, yeah. Jeez. Right before they went to Broadway. And then, so every year my high school goes on, goes on a trip to New York. And that year we were going to see Newsies. Um, we saw it the two days after they opened uh, the opening day, like the premiere or opening night of Broadway's Newsies is actually my birthday. So oh, I had that. I gotten the show, I would have made my Broadway debut on my 18th birthday. It actually would have lined up perfectly. And I was like, well, you know, you can't win them all. Hey, yeah, some things are meant to happen. <laughs> exactly. But I did go back every year um, or, until I booked it to audition. Um, and then I auditioned for the tour my sophomore year of college, booked the tour, and right before we went on the tour, uh, they said, we need you for an immediate replacement for Broadway. And so I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to Broadway. And that's how I, that's how I got there. Wow. A sophomore in college, it was the summer. I was literally working at Chick-fil-A and they were like, we need you. And I was like, awesome. It 
It's so crazy because so many of the Newsies were so young when they made their Broadway debut. No matter what year of Newsies they joined the cast, like it was a young cast. And I don't yeah. think people realize that when they're watching it like on uh, Disney Plus right now or something that like there's a lot of teenagers learning those yeah. standards. <laughs> well, when we did, when the, when the show first came like when first show came to broadway there were only like three people that were technically teenagers um but as the show went on they started hiring more or like younger performers um i joined when i was was i I was 20 um you know so there were there were guys there that were 19 or had just turned 18 or even one had just turned 16 so like and he's he's one of my best friends and he's just been hopping from show to show ever since and so there was a range of ages in that in that show especially later on uh towards the closing did you ever imagine that you'd be making your broadway debut at age 20 and what was it like do you remember the day you made it i do I never thought it would happen. I wanted it to happen. I actually, I wanted it to happen like now and when I was in high school and I look back and I really, I really wasn't ready when I was 18 and that's totally fine. That's totally okay. With making my Broadway debut at 20, I didn't think was going to happen. Once I didn't get it the first time, I was like, this isn't going to happen, but I'll try until I can't anymore. But I remember the day so vividly. I was the the oh, the day of the show. You do what's called a put in. Yeah. And so I had my put in earlier that day. You literally run the show in costume with your uh, with your cast. They kind of help you. They kind of guide you through. Um, so you do this, and they and the associate choreographers and everybody they want to see you do the show full out. So pretty much you're doing two shows that day. And it, it's, it's a, and a lot of times they're not going to do the whole show. They're going to like speed through. So you're literally just going from number to number to number to number. But after we did the put in, I went, I can't remember what I did. I think I went home. Yeah, I definitely went home and like took a second and just took a breath. It wasn't a long breath, but I went home and then came to the theater and just kind of set everything up. I got there like an hour early and was like, just kind of like setting everything up in my dressing room. I was like taking it all in. And then I got into costume. I was ready before anyone else. And like, I was, I was like, I'm downstairs, like warming up. I didn't even really know how to warm up. Cause I wasn't like that, that trained of a dancer. Like I was, but I wasn't. And so I'm just like waiting there. And the first thing that I would do is I p- pushed on um, the the towers that uh, Jack and oh, yeah. Crutchy come in on. So from the from the jump of the show, I was on and I was just sitting on stage and I remember my heart just pounding. I was so excited. I remember hearing the trumpet and the crowd just going wild um, because they every time it happened, they would just scream. And then I would push out. And mind you, the day before that show, they announced we were closing. So this was the first show right after announcement. So everybody was like, was there for us. 
and but like I'm sitting, I'm we're supposed to be like sleeping on stage, you know, under the towers, and I my heart is just going, and I'm like, and everyone's like literally looking at me like on stage, off stage, being like, you got this, man, congratulations. It was so magical. I loved it. I loved every single bit of it. I'll never forget that day. It was probably a huge adrenaline rush. And you're probably happy you remembered it despite the, all the adrenaline. <laughs> Truly. I'll never forget though. Seize the day was like, that was the, that was the first time in the entire time I've ever done Seize the Day. That means in rehearsals. That means in another show that I did it later. That was the only time I wasn't gasping for air because my adrenaline was pumping so hard and I didn't want to mess anything up. I was just like, but because, you know, you come on and off stage for the fight and then, um, you know, Don't so stop. by that time I was like, yeah, I was like, all right, I guess I'm going back on stage for uh, Santa Fe and then. There we go. Yeah, it's a lot. Only time. It's a lot, a lot. Speaking of it being a lot, how did you uh, work on stamina to be able to perform those dance numbers that many times a week? I wasn't great at it because I had never done it before. I had never performed eight shows a week for any at all. I'd never done it. What I started to do was I got this training mask, you know, the the workout masks. I got one of those. And what I did was I had it off stage so that after seize the day and after the fight, I would bolt off stage and then I would take it and I would breathe into it because what it would do was it would force me to use my diaphragm. So I would take in more air and so, or I would use my muscles to take in more air. And then by the time I took it off, it would, it would like, my muscles were like breathing in more air. So it would help me a lot in the stamina. I also was trying to get as much physical therapy as possible. Um, just trying to, cause I didn't realize what was going on. My body started to hurt a lot and I wasn't used to that. So I was trying to locate everything that was, I was struggling with and just focus on that. That's kind of like my go-to is like, what am I lacking in? Okay. This is what I need to work on. All right, let's go work on that for a bit. That's kind of how I worked on it, but my stamina was not great during the show. It just wasn't. But I mean, compared to how, if you think about how anyone else who doesn't have that experience would do in a show like that, it like, it's impressive that you were able to do that, all that. Thank you very much. I was, I was very, very blessed to be able to do that show. Did you sing and dance a lot during that show? Like how much did you sing and dance during that show? Okay. Every top Every- harmony that you hear, I was singing that. Wow. And it it's was like- brutal. It's like it the rubbing your stomach and patting your head at the same time. <laughs> well, not even that. It's just like this, they had the guys singing so high in that show that you know, when you're jumping and doing all this stuff, you're singing so high. It's, it's tough. It's, can- there were days where I literally had to just like back off on the vocals because I wasn't, I was going to blow my voice out within the first 20 minutes of the show. So, and then we've got, you know, a, a nice, this is just the matinee. So there were times when I would actually stop singing just so that I could help out at the on the harmonies on the like at the end or like the top notes or whatever you know you do what you can you kind of like 
figure out you, you got to listen to your body and your voice and like figure out which way like what's going to work best for you in the time of the show yes exactly and how did you after newsies how did you get aladdin well i was doing a workshop um uh, and then i was supposed to leave with that workshop but they actually cut our parts some or a lot of our parts. So I was kind of out of a job. And then I had re I had re-auditioned for uh, the workshop of the prom. And I was doing and I booked it. So I was doing the lab of the prom. And Casey Nicola, the director and choreographer of prom, is also the director choreographer of Aladdin. And so he asked me to audition for Aladdin. I didn't get it. Mind you, I'd already auditioned for him like four times during this, like before prom for Aladdin. Uh, I didn't get it, but someone got injured about six months later after prom. And so they, and I fit the costume and I, they knew that I knew all of the dances and stuff. And I'd worked with Casey before. So they hired me to do Aladdin. So it was meant, it was kind of meant to be. How long, how yeah. long were you in that show? Because that's also a, dance every show yeah uh i was in it for three weeks because i in turn two got injured okay <laughs> yeah. that's i mean that uh the intermission pre-intermission number that whole number yeah. is like what? yeah that How one's like that? <laughs> that one's a lot but to go from that and then you have to get changed into prince ali which is like you're wearing four costumes to start and then you have to go and dance. And so by the, you're, you, I think we had a, either a 10 or a 15 minute intermission. I think it was 10. So by the, you're putting all this, all these costumes on. So by the time act two comes, you only get like three minutes of rest because you're already putting on the next costumes and stuff. And so by the time Prince Ali comes in, you're still kind of like, all right, catching your breath. And, um, oh wait, no, 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 because that's not true. Because at the end of act one, okay. Yeah, we get you walk. We go off stage, and you know they're dancing, doing their thing. So you actually get a chance to breathe, and that's when you go in. But it's still a lot. Like you to go from that number to Prince Ali is it's tough. Yeah, it's real tough. You've just picked the shows where you get the workout in the show, so you don't have to go home and work out. Truly, <laughs> like I never have to do cardio ever again because my body is just just perpetually recovering from newsies and aladdin and prom yeah. i was gonna say and the prom and you you were in also the beginning stages i saw of dear Evan hansen the workshop yes so that was the workshop that i got actually cut from to go do prom okay was dear Evan hansen what's it like being part of a show at those beginning stages it's it's weird it is because you never know what's going to stay and what's going to go. I've done three, I think. No, I've done two labs. I've done a lot of readings, but I've done two labs. And for prom, you was, was incredible. And if you ever go, if you ever go to Josh Swallow's Broadway's podcast, I love Josh Lehman to death. He's the, oh, one yeah. of the greatest human beings ever created. If you go and listen to that, the reunion of prom, he, uh, Josh talks about how we started with a completely different opening number 
in the beginning. And then when we went to Atlanta, that opening number changed at least 12 to 15 times. Like you're just constantly changing the material. Um, We had a um, Love Thy Neighbor. No, no, no. It was the the last number, uh, Build a Prom, wasn't actually the finale. It was a different one. Um, It was a different number. And we learned the choreography the day before the um the presentation of the lab so you have to be really quick on your feet with this you have to just like really maybe it was like two or three days but you you always have to be like ready to absorb it and then throw it away at at a moment's notice it's a lot um but it's also an investment when you do the labs you're you're doing them with the intention that it's going to Broadway and that you're going to be help. You're going to help create it the entire process. That's what the intention is. That doesn't always work out, but it's, it's a lot. It really is. And the prom is such a, I mean, it became such a special show and now it's being made into a movie, obviously, or it's been made into a movie, obviously. But I mean, I feel like everyone should like, should have gotten the opportunity in some way to see the stage version in my opinions. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because it like the dance numbers were just out of this world. Speaking of the Yeah. I mean, so what was it like learning the dance numbers for the prom and how long did it take for you to, I mean, kind of get them down? Because that finale number that you mentioned that wasn't the finale. Yeah, that was speaking of newsies. Gone. It was so so good. Yeah, so that finale, um, when we actually learned that finale, in and the choreography obviously changed before it went to Broadway, um, but when we were doing the finale finale in Atlanta, we it got extended three times. So we started with one, and then it got extended. And then that choreography changed. And when you're in previews for a show, you're still changing lines and choreography. So there were times when we learned the choreography for the the extended finale on Tuesday, and then it went in on Thursday. So that meant that you still had to do the old choreography Tuesday and Wednesday night and then on Thursday, you had to implement the new choreography that you learned on Tuesday. So you're learning two sections of choreography, and then you eventually have to get rid of that one and put it there. And, and it's usually because they don't have the sheet music and the edits to give the orchestra or the just whoever, yeah, the orchestra. And so when you change the music, you have to you know redo the pages and add music. Yeah so that the orchestra can do what they need to do and they can, you know, but it's, it's, it's tough. You always, it's funny because during previews, you rehearse from 12 to five and then you have a show later that night. But during that two hour break, you're pretty much like you're going to eat, you're going back to the theater, maybe take a, maybe take a 30 minute nap or, or not even maybe a 20 minute nap so that you can like recharge and then you go back into like, you just kind of go over that new choreography that you've been going over, especially the day of that you're like, you're putting it in. And so you just are kind of constantly going over it and over and over it. And that's the, that's the best way to, 
learn anything and like retain it is, re is repetition. So it's very stressful. It's very tough. It's not for everybody, but it will teach you how to really learn things, retain them quickly, and also be able to get rid of them quickly. Yes. And it's not like pre-show someone's like over the intercom going, Hey, they just learned this choreography today. Right. Right. So the audience doesn't know that you just learned it. Nope. <laughs> and then I think I'm going backwards, but speaking of you like being involved in both TV and theater, as I mentioned at the beginning, you've mm. I you've had success in TV too. Mm. How how did you go about auditioning for Rise on NBC? So um I had auditioned I've I had been auditioning for television. Uh, since college uh, actually since high school I had done a couple of like Disney auditions just through open calls and stuff but when I was um, so I'd been and I had done like one TV thing before that but when I was auditioning for Rise I actually went in because Telsey and company or uh, yeah Telsey was casting it but they also cast Hamilton yeah. and about six to seven months earlier I was in final callbacks for Hamilton and there were, it was either, the, uh, it was either the tour or Broadway for the very first tour that was going out. And I didn't get either of them. And it was like my fourth year. And I was like, you know, there's just like those things where you're like, why am I not getting it? Well, fast forward to February of that, of uh, 2017 and I get an audition for Rise, and it's through Telsey. It's the producers of Hamilton. They know what I. They know my work. They've seen me. So I go in. I audition. Get a call back. I audition again. Get another call back. Um, but I got it. And uh, originally got it. You know, from Telsey through my agent comes to me. Uh, but that's how I. That's actually how I got Rise. Was just, you know, when you go into an audition, even if you don't book it, you're still auditioning for them. And they will call you back in for something else because especially if you nail the audition, it's like, you're not right for this one, but you are right for something and we're not going to let you go. He, Casting directors do that all the time. I was going to say, what an honor to get the lead on the show. Yeah, that is where I actually kind of freaked out because I didn't realize how big the role was going to be. I was like, yeah, this is a lead on a, on a show. And then we got picked up and they were like, all right, here we go. And then it was like the, the four of us were kind of like the driving force. And we were, you know, in all the, uh, our ensemble was like, was so strong in there. And they were, we were all driving the story, obviously. But like we, we in the press, we got a lot of the attention. You know what I mean? So when I realized what was happening, I, I didn't realize, I actually didn't, see it coming i was like wow my life is forever changed and it was it's it has been ever since yes and i mean essentially the show was about a theater program at a school so essentially you were mm -hmm. performing a musical on tv you were performing spring awakening on tv what's it like what are the differences between filming a musical for tv and actually being on stage in a musical so with you can get away with a lot more in television you can mess up and it's okay you can't mess up in theater 
in theater, you get a lot more time to practice, but like, there's a lot of pressure and like not messing up. Like this is, you know, you're in front of people right then, right there. Um, and you also learn how to, you can develop a character better or easier in theater because you have time with the character. In TV, you usually get, with Rise, thankfully, we got, you know, a few, we got a couple of rehearsals before, you know, when we weren't filming, whatever needed to happen, like we got a few of those uh, rehearsals, but a lot of times you didn't. If there was choreography involved, you got a rehearsal. If you didn't, it was just kind of like, all right, this is how we're going to do it. We do it on the day and then we cameras up. And with that, you get so many more opportunities because they have, you, you shoot it, you know, from this angle and then you shoot it from this angle and then you have two cameras going this way or whatever it might be. You have, you get a lot more opportunities. That being said, it takes so much longer. In TV and film, and you really have to know stamina in TV and film. And so thank God for Newsies and thank God for Prom and Aladdin because because of that, I finally, I had understood how to really protect my voice and really protect my body through that entire process because you'd be on set, especially in the theater, when we were doing like theater scenes, you'd be on the set for, you could be there for 14 hours and you have to, you have to be ready to sing at eight in the morning. Granted, you get there at like five or six and you get two hours to warm up, but you have to be ready to sing at full capacity sometimes at eight, nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah, and that's not hard. That's not easy. That's No, it's not. It is not easy. And But that also comes in with the second chance. It's like, oh, I cracked during that take. Can we do it again? And they normally will because it's like, okay, that take doesn't really, you know, we need it for audio needs a second take obviously, um, or sound needs a second take, but we definitely are gonna do another take. And I'm sure if there's moving around on a stage, like while you're filming a scene, it's hard to, it's like even harder because you have to keep up with the continuity. You have to remember like the placements, the exact placements. Continuity is, yeah. Luckily everything's marked. And you know, when you're on, when you're in TV, if you're doing a musical on TV, it's okay to have marks on the stage because naturally theaters have marks on them. So it's like, oh, we can kind of get away with like having a mark on the stage. Like, you know, um, but definitely like it's, you kind of have to do the same thing over and over again, which is where dance training comes in because you're so used to like, everything is the same. It's kind of the same, not the same performance, but like the same movement over and over. You you kind of know how to not make it stale, but like always keep it strong. And yeah, everything kind of folds into everything. And I feel like Rise filled like a gap in TV where it was needed at the time because there wasn't really that I can think of like a musical show still on TV. Why do you think yeah. it was so needed at the time? That well, I think for the first, I, I realized this a, actually like a few months ago when I went back to something, when you look at stuff like Fame and, um, and Glee, they were good, but like it was a different generation. 
it truly was even glee glee kind of was got started in when i was in high school so when you fast forward even like four or five years later and there's you know glee's over there is there was a need for and there still is and that's why something like zoe's extraordinary playlist is going you know there is a need and an and an audience that wants to see musicals on screen mm. with rise there had never been a successful and technically because we only got one season it's not really it wasn't really successful but there hasn't been a successful drama musical show and there was a drama musical show years ago it was a cop show and no one's really heard of it i i, I can't remember what it's called but it, you should look it up it's 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 really fascinating but with this one we were trying to do something completely new and something that could no not completely new but we were trying to do something new and have it be honest and have it be authentic even with sustain, with suspended disbelief did we ex- did we succeed i think we did a pretty good job it's not exactly where it should have or it needed to be but i think we made a huge impact on people and i think people really enjoyed it and you know, it, even if something's a success or not a financial success, it doesn't mean it wasn't like a powerful uh, emotional success or just like, you know, it didn't touch people's hearts in some way. And so I I like to think that the show was a success. It just wasn't financially what NBC was looking for. No, I definitely think it was a su- success. But I think it also came around the time where like, the transition to Netflix was like something so it like made or break or, or broke yeah. TV at the time. Yeah. And people didn't really get like, oh, well, I still have, if I want to keep this show alive, like I still have to watch this show live yeah. or record it. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's literally what it is, is that that was the reason why people that's why it was it didn't get the response that the network was looking for is because it was right it was like right at the the peak of like everyone starting to switch to binge watching shows and even now you start to see you you can if it's not bingeable people are kind of like i'll catch it when it is bingeable um there's just you know this that's just where television is heading and even NBC finally you know they finally got the hang of it and started their own you know streaming service and now they understand it's like we have to have this readily available and have like a server so that people can just keep watching these shows I personally still wish they would give Rise another chance and if they did let's say they did what Mm. musical would you pick because the first season was Spring Awakening what musical would you pick for the second season I don't know if I would do a musical because, okay. because the sh- so the show was um, was wasn't an adaptation, but it was loosely based on a real man. Yeah. And so, what I actually wanted to see was him do a play. And when he did the play, it was a very small play with like four or five 
cast members because that's how he did it in his school. It's like, you weren't guaranteed casting. Yeah. And so I would love, I would have loved to see, you know, the real, the, the honest portrayal of like what happens when the football player doesn't get the lead again. And like, he's just has football. He's not even a part of, he doesn't go for lights. He doesn't help out at all because that happens. It's like, I'm not a part of this. Like I just did this one show or they do something else that he does. He auditions or he doesn't even want to do it again after all of that. It was like, he was fulfilled. It's like, what can we do with those possibilities? So I would have loved to see, um, see that happen which probably wouldn't have happened until later on in that second season because you know i don't know if you watched it i, I feel like yeah. you did i feel like you watched the ending and i don't you know spoiler alert if you haven't watched it by now i'm sorry it's almost three years old it, yeah. um go watch it but <laughs> right it's fine but with the um you know with the program getting shut down it's like what did they do to fight to bring it back and or what did they do for an entire year without the show? Is it just, you know, are they going off into another place to do it? Are they, you know, doing it by themselves just because they need that? Like what happens? So it was a lot of questions that I wanted to do. But if I, I think if they were going to do a play, the one in the book they did was called Good Boys and True. So I Ooh. kind of would want to see where that went to do that. Or... I would have wanted to see them do like a, maybe like a, like a August Wilson play or something like that. Just something that's like really, you know, the plays that are like yeah. really hard to do, but like uh, Lou Volpe, who the show was, you know, based off of, he was always pushing the envelopes. That's kind of what I wanted, would have wanted to see. And I'm not sure if it was a coincidence speaking of pushing the envelope, but after that show, I feel like I saw a lot of like an increase in school productions of Spring Awakening. Yeah. College or high school. So I feel yeah. like that's really cool that the show had that. Yeah, it was yeah, really it was awesome. awesome. You'd, you'd see colleges do them, but then you started to see high schoolers doing them because I mean, they are high schoolers, but it was like, we can, the theater programs around the country were like, we can take a chance. Let's yeah. do it. Let's take a chance. Why not? And last rise question. Did you draw? Cause you mentioned you were, you did sports before you became a performer. Did you draw from real life experiences as to be the character? Very much so. I, there was a time when I was going back and forth between football practice and and you know rehearsal and I would be late to a game because I was running I was doing rehearsal and then I would have to come and just like come in at like I missed an entire quarter of as a quarterback and it was so it was I 100% just drew from real life experiences on that it was that was that was a tough thing to do and eventually eventually you have to drop one you just there's just no feasible way to do it mentally or physically well you had a lot of at any point you did really good drawing from those experiences <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> on the show because <laughs> i mean going back when you said like acting wasn't your first thing that you concentrated on like that acting in that show was phenomenal thank you i really appreciate that of course of course it's true so how do you prepare for an audition? 
Oh, um, there's a, it's actually a long process. Well, not a long process, but it's a lot. I have a book. Um, I don't think I have it with me right now. It's, I think it's in the living room because right after this, I have to go and do a self tape audition Ooh. that I completely forgot about. So I have to go and do that and send it. Um, but I get my, I print out my script and I print out the writer, the creative team information. And I also print out uh, the character description and the self-tape instructions. I start to highlight everything in the, in, the, um, in the scene and in the character description that could help me with the character. Then I go read through the scene. And then I have this book called uh, The Actor's Thesaurus. And you literally go through and I will action out my every line that I have. There's a beat change. If there is a different intention, it's like, what do I want? I also identify what I want as the objective. What do I do to get that objective, which is my action. And then I go from there and like, this is what I do to get that objective. And then I go through and just kind of mark and write like, oh, in this line, I'm belittling someone or I am uh, uh, I'm prodding them or teasing or uh, alluring them. I just kind of go through and point and write out the action of every of every line, including the beats that are like silent. And then I will record the lines on my phone through this uh, rehearsing app that I have. And then I'll go over it over and over and over until I have it memorized. And then I'll practice it with someone. And then I'll do the, I'll perform it with that person. And we'll discover what's working, what's not, what's reading, what isn't reading. It's usually when I, when I get an audition, uh, it's usually about a two hour process before I even wow. start like performing it at all. Two hours minimum. Hey, but preparation is key on, on those. Truly. So, I mean, I just try to do the best I can with it, but that's my process. That's literally what I do for my, for every audition. Wow. I mean, you gotta have like this, like a list to feel comfortable eventually with one yeah. audition after another in this industry. I feel yeah. like. It uh, also helps you di differentiate like what this character wants and what the next character wants when you get like two auditions at the same time you're like okay i have two tapes what do i need to do <laughs> okay this is these are my notes for this character these are my notes for this character and then you go in and you're like okay that makes sense like this is what this character wants i can kind of morph my body and like you know where's his center of gravity what's his mindset you know i kind of if i have time i'll go through an entire i'll write like two pages of um his likes his dislikes strengths weaknesses what he loves what he doesn't love uh what drives him like kind of if the more details you have about a character the better you're going to be able to portray it yes for sure what's your dream role gave a next to normal oh i'm down i'd be down uh that's for that's obviously in theater but i i would play that i want to play that role in any capacity Hey, it, they should make it. Honestly, they should make it on, on into a movie. I In agree. It'd be a, I agree. It doesn't it get needs to be a movie. 
doesn't it didn't get enough attention when it was up yeah i mean it won the pulitzer obviously and it was beautiful and it's a great show but the amount of the amount of love that i think it deserves it just didn't get enough but that's just my opinion yeah and it i mean it's such a it's such a deep show yeah it's truly, truly. Do you have a moment on stage, like a funniest thing that's happened to you on stage that maybe wasn't funny at the time, but you can laugh about now? Hmm. <laughs> yes, I have a, okay, here's one moment, but it was, I wasn't when I was like on stage per se. It was when I was working, I was in high school and I was working, um, I was building one of the sets I, we were doing all shook up and I was actually the lead in the show. And I was also building like my own set. That's just how wow. you have to do things sometimes, you know? <laughs> and the way it started, it starts with jailhouse rock. And we were on this like five foot, I was on this five foot platform. And then these, uh, they were like four beams that were like easily 10 feet tall. And then there was barbed wire around said beams. Well, I can't reach that with barbed wire. I'm actually putting it on stage, um, but everything has to roll and roll, roll on and roll off. So I'm on the platform and there's a, I have a ladder on the platform and I'm up the ladder, putting the barbed wire around the, the platform or the, the beams. And all of a sudden on the bottom of the, the platform, one of, the, and mind you, it's the way it's set up is like four legs. It's like four legs here, platform, and then four beams that go up. So one of the wheels on the legs broke while I was up in the air. So I was easily 20 feet in the air. Oh my God. Easily. It is and, and the wheel broke and I felt the entire thing go, and I went, whoo, and just <laughs> ripped for dear life that platform and was like, someone get the wheel, <laughs> like screaming. And, and luckily, that's as far as it went. It didn't go any further. And so someone held it and I got down the ladder and then jumped off the platform. But I was, that was one of the scariest moments of my life. But <laughs> I laugh about it now because... I, I I just can picture my face in that moment um, and it yeah. makes me laugh and just being like someone get the wheel like that's all I said and they were like what are you talking about I was like the wheel the wheel <laughs> I'm gonna get the wheel I was like I'm about to die I'm about to fall this is the end for me I'm about to I'm about to go so, <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> Setting up a side. Truly. <laughs> Love that. Time for the craft. I'm glad that <laughs> it that it ended up going well. <laughs> yeah. Wow. How and, how and they fixed the wheel like right away. It was fine. But still how terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. You're like, I'm never setting up another set again. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. So to wrap things up, how do you work on self-confidence in an industry like this? <sighs> um, I'm actually still figuring that out because there's a lot of, there is a lot of self-confidence work that has to be done in this industry. Um, 
for me, I've started to find things that make me feel confident. And a lot of the thing about confidence that I'm starting to learn as well is that when we have a lack of confidence, it's usually because we have a lack of control. And so when you feel like you have a lack of control, you have to find one thing that you can control. And I don't mean people. I mean one thing about you that you can control. That could be your diet. That could be your, uh, your health, your body, your, your mental state. Um, you can control these things. You, you know, there's meditation, there's self-help books, and a lot of us are starting to really get into that. But there needs to be something that you can control um, and start with that. And once you start controlling that, then move on to the next thing that you feel like you can control. Because once you feel like you have control over your life and or not even just your life, but like a lot of things in your life, then you start to feel confident about it because the worst can't happen because you've got control over it. Do You know what I mean? Yeah, that's where I'm. That was a big realization this year was that lack of confidence comes from lack of control uh, or lack of preparation. Because I know a lot of people have a lot of, uh, you know, trouble in auditions. They just get really nervous. I'm one of them, especially in the room. I just get so nervous. My knees shake. I, I, I can't control my hands ever. They're just like this the entire time. And one thing that kind of comes with control is that you've got the control when you go in and you're prepared. If you've got this, you don't need, like you've had four days to work on this. It's five pages. You've got this forwards, backwards. The more control you have over your own audition and your own preparation, the more confident you can be. And I thoroughly believe that. Yeah. And I feel like maybe the less likely you are to go in and like compare yourself to others around you in the audition room. Well, I also think that has to do with control is like, you know, there, there, I still do this. I still walk into walk out on the street or into, I see stuff on TV and I'm like, I wish I was like that shape. I wish I was like that. And the thing is, is that the reason I wish I was in that shape or that is because I feel like I don't have control over what I'm doing over what the way I look and in a way you don't but in a way you do you have control over your it's your body your choice and you have control over that and I think that once you start to take control over that you stop worrying because you have something you have an image or a picture or a goal that you have and you want and that can't be taken away, especially once you meet it. Because once you meet it, it's like, I don't care what they look like. This is, this is what I wanted right here. And that's where the confidence comes from. For sure, for sure. So then lastly, uh, you mentioned the new TV project that you have coming up. Where can people catch that show yes. when it uh, premieres? So I can't. An announcement is coming soon about when okay. our premiere date is, but it will be on Netflix in 2020. Oh, Tiny Pretty Things. Love that. I'm excited for, yeah. for that. And do you have anything? Get excited. Do you have anything else you've been working on that you want to promote or anything that's out that you want to promote? Um, well, uh, 
bringing you Broadway that, like I mentioned earlier, um, as soon as we, as soon as I get more information on when will, it'll be like a public thing that's going to be out and it's going to be wonderful. We've got some really good people and some really great voices and some amazing dancers um, there. And I think that's pretty much it. Um, I've been working on some music stuff that I am going to release soon, but I don't know when I'll figure it out. Um, but as soon as I figure it out and I decide when I'm going to release it, that'll come out. Uh, it's definitely going to come out sometime this year. Um, may, it's a, uh, but I'm just, you know, I don't have a lot to promote right now. Um, which is nice actually. Yeah. Oddly enough, it's like, no, I've got these two things really? and, uh, I mentioned them and now I'm going to go and chill with my pup. <laughs> yes. But I love that you're, that you have music that is going to be released at some point soon. Yeah. I'm really I mean, excited about it. Where can people follow you on social media to keep up with you and what you're doing in the, in the future? Sure. Um, I post about all of upcoming projects on my Instagram, Damon J. Gillespie. Uh, I will try to make you laugh on Twitter, Damon underscore Gillespie. Uh, I'll do what I can. I don't tweet a lot, but I'm always there to help somebody out. But like Instagram is kind of where I stay. It's kind of where I like live. Um, so yeah, come, come holler at me. Love that. Well, thank you for joining me and talking to me on this. And of course, thanks for watching this episode of Backstage with Becca B. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at BeccaBTalksTV. Or for more exclusive content from this interview and more, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Backstage with Becca B. Make sure to subscribe to my channel and like this video. Or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give me a five-star rating. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you guys next time. Bye!